Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, March 7th. It's your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that is grateful to the Chicago Blackhawks for always providing an entertaining win at home for the Flyers. Speaking of entertaining, I was in Atlantic City and the last song was Yellow Submarine. And we do all live in a Yellow Submarine. At least I'd like to believe we do. Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news, our episodes, all that fun stuff. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com as well. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen. He's on Twitter at Sportsology. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, we are going to talk about that fun afternoon game on Saturday against the Blackhawks. We're going to get into uh, scouts in the press box and what that means for the trade deadline. And then it's Monday. So we'll have our nemesis of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. So Kevin Hayes is back again, which is a good thing. And uh, they slotted him in on a third line with Oscar Lindblom and James Van Riemsdyk. And uh, I think that was a a solid decision for them, uh, limit his minutes a little bit uh, with, you know, JVR doesn't produce as much. And so keeping him on the third line seems fine to me as well. And that created an opportunity to reunite the fab line of Brassard centering Farabee and Atkinson that we had such fun with at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the season. And lo and behold, wow, did they produce. Yeah, no question. I mean, there is some chemistry there for as long as Broussard can stay healthy. That is a good mix. So that's that's good. You know, I have to be honest with with the Hayes thing. Like if they had Hayes, Lindblom and Frost, I'd be a lot happier because at least Frost would be playing. It's just one of those. It's just one of those things where I feel like, boy, that would be a good opportunity. But anyhow, uh, you know, Hayes did get on the scoreboard. That's good. I'm always going to be uh, a little worried, like, I'm looking game two, game three, see how he still looks. But right now, uh, you know, good early results. Yes, and of course, on that fab line, we had Cam Atkinson scoring, Derek Broussard scoring. Joel Farabee had two really tremendous assists, um, really heads up passing work from him. So... I was really excited to see that. And I think, you know, this game, while it did have some of the weaknesses we've been seeing from the Flyers, like a lull in the middle uh, (laughs) where they could not seem to manage the puck or have, you know, possession control for extended periods. I think that overall, and the results showed this, they showed a certain level of resiliency and a certain level of being able to hold it together at the end, that was good to see. You know, it is good to see. I I will say it like this. Every time the Flyers win a game now until the end of the season, you always feel like, hey, that 
That was really good because you never know when the next one's coming. Like, that's just the reality. Winds are different now. Yeah, I, I do think so. Uh, once again, I forgot about the starter jacket, but Cam Atkinson looked good in it. So <laughs> that that was good to see. I, I will also see at the end, part of the reason why I think the Flyers were able to hold it together is because the Blackhawks are in this weird land where they just can't count. And so... Um, they had seven yeah. guys on <laughs> at once when they were trying to pull the goalie at the end. And so that led to them being down a man. Um, apparently, that was their fourth too many men penalty in two games. Wow. Which, I mean, that's unprofessional <laughs> at a certain point. It really is. But this was a, a matchup of like the 28th ranked offense against like the 29th ranked offense. Like they're pretty even teams. Yeah. Well, they of are. course, that led to the spiciness. Yes. Of this game, uh, which honestly, I think for me as a person who doesn't generally like fighting and hockey, and I think it kind of derails the game, it felt like in this game, it was just a necessity as part of the way that the game was progressing. Yeah, in terms I think of so. The physicality and, you know, just in terms of the net front action at both ends. I mean, I think both teams were getting a lot of their chances net front, and that sort of leads to bumping the goalie. It leads to, yeah. you know, pushing players out that maybe other people don't like how they did it. And so I, I appreciate all the, the spiciness that was in this game. I would say, you know, the Connaughton hit was not great. I did not enjoy seeing him go off like that. Um, I was worried about him for a while, but I did see, you know, Travis Konechny was being like elite Travis Konechny out there in terms of his attitude. Yeah, his last couple I games have it. been good, and and you hope he could have like three or four more in a row like that because you know these we are starting starting to see the the better Konechny for sure. Yeah, I think just in terms of his gameplay. And his willingness to step up in those situations, getting physical, showing attitude, and asserting himself out there. I think, you know, he's at his best from a hockey perspective when he can show that kind of bravado. And I think it's it's something that's unique to him on this team in a lot of ways. But I think that when both sides of him are like that out there, it only leads to good things. No, I agree. But, you know, the one thing I didn't like seeing, and again, I am not against fighting a game or big hits. I do think, like you said, those were all necessary things in this game. But when I see tweets like, this was Flyers hockey, it's like, no, that was Flyers hockey a long time ago. Like, don't start falling back into that because that's where I think things could get tricky. And I I don't think that's the way to go. Yeah, I think this game was the exception rather than yes. the rule in terms yes. of you just count the number of physical incidents or fights in the game. Like it should mm -hmm. not be like this. But if you look at the context of this game, it it made sense for yeah. what was happening at the time. So I think when you use it in the right place at the right time, and again, it made this game a ton of fun. And mm -hmm. it was also because the team was scoring. And every time that the Blackhawks would either, you know, they tie it up or go ahead, the Flyers would get back into it. And I think that as long as you have both sides of the game working for you, then it's going to be a lot of fun, regardless of, of what happens, you know, whether you like the fighting or you don't. I think as long as it leads to positive results, you're on the good side of the fence on that. Yeah, and, and I saw Claude Giroux smiling a lot, and he looked like he wanted to even, you know, get a, 
a, a run at somebody at some point, that's good. I mean, that all of that is good. I think those are good things to have happen. And of course, uh, Cam Atkinson in that starter jacket because uh, he scored two in the game and he now has 20 goals, which is something I wasn't sure any flyer was going to get to this season. No, I I think I would have picked him to do it. Yeah, I think I would have picked him to do it because like, you know, we've said other than Giroux, he's their most consistent player and has been all year and really has not gotten derailed at any point this year. And, And I think that's. The big thing is if he can get more guys to play like that, Lawton's played like that, but it's been few. Like, we can count him on our hand, but he has been unflappable the whole year and has really, you know, been terrific in this market. Yeah, one thing I do want to touch on a little bit is the power play, which went 0 for 4 <laughs> in this game. Now, part of it, it honestly, the, the timing on it was weird because at one point there were like 70 people in the penalty box. <laughs> at once and so what was a power play and versus even strength was a little bit skewed but I will say that in some ways the power play looked better because they were getting more quality shots on goal and in some ways it looked worse because it felt like they had a a strong opportunity against a weaker Chicago team and couldn't quite figure it out but I will say you know Ristolainen was out there in the power play a a few times and he was net front in a couple uh, instances and you know my heart wants to think it's because it was the right thing to do but my brain is thinking they're trying to showcase him a little bit in that role and I'm not sure what's going on there no I could see that I could see for the teams that are interested in him and this is where I would separate like the Rangers being interested because they have Chris Kreider net front so they wouldn't need Risto to play net front but other teams that are looking at him I could see it I mean, that's, you know, again, not impossible. Maybe Yo did just try it. Maybe we should just give him credit for trying it. They, I know they tried it a couple of times during the year, um, and it didn't really work out. But, eh, you know, at least they're doing something different. That's good. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned, you know, in terms of the trade deadline and a potential deal for Ristolainen and where he might or might not go. We're going to talk about that a lot in the next segment when we kind of try and prognosticate based on what scouts are showing up in the press box for the Flyers. But first, we're going to hear about our friends at Athletic Greens. Yeah, I want to take a moment to talk to you about Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized optimized immune system, and hated taking pills and vitamins. I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Athletic Greens supports better sleep quality and recovery. It supports mental clarity and alertness. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and your immune system with Convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop 
in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and free five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts, including us. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Russ. So you spend a lot of time in the Flyers press box and get a close up view as to what scouts from what teams are showing up every night. And as we get closer to the trade deadline, we see more and more reporting on that, you know, whether it's at NHL games or at AHL games, you know, who from team leaderships around the NHL are showing up at Flyers games or showing up at Phantoms games. And, you know, what level executive are they? Is it the assistant GM or is it just a regular scout? And I think, you know, at this point, as we're about two weeks out from trade deadline, what does this say about what deals could be imminent for the Flyers? So first off, what teams are you seeing most often at Flyers games right now? Yeah, so most often uh, the Colorado Avalanche, the Rangers, the Stars, the Lightning. And, you know, I think we could start to add um, the Edmonton Oilers into that mix. Those are teams that have been there a lot. And are starting to, you know, show up more. And, you know, I can see why. So as an example, all right. So, and, and you know, and now, of course, there are other teams jumping into it too. The, the Winnipeg Jets, the Dallas Stars, the Florida Panthers. But again, the Blackhawks are a team that are going to sell too. And like Calvin DeHaan will be a guy that gets sold. So we also have to take that into account. It's not all about the Flyers. Uh, right. Also, just to get into the, so the Florida aspect for a moment so, you know, Danny Breyer is there looking at Owen Tippett. As an example, I probably was too high on Owen Tippett based on what he's not been able to do at the NHL level. Has a great shot, has toughness, has never put it together. Even with Jonathan Huberto, he still is yet to have like a 10-goal season. He'll probably get it this year, um, but he'll probably just get that. And, you know, he had the kind of shot that, you know, that I thought maybe could get like 25 or 30 at the NHL level. I don't think I'd want him in any deal. Like I, I, I looked it up on Instat, and they have some proprietary stats, and he's only winning twenty five percent of his puck battles. Now he is averaging more than a hit a game. I get it. the The thing that worries me is that I think the, some of the Flyers group there, not Danny, not Briere, but others, are putting too much emphasis on the toughness and hard to play against aspect, and forget that. You still have to score in this league. And, like, there's a kid there, not a kid, but a kid to me, 23, Logan Huchko, who he was with BC. He's in his first year with Charlotte, first full year. He played a little bit before. Has more, a lot more points, like 11 goals, much, much faster. Just the kind of guy you want in this league, but he's five foot eleven, And so that does make me wonder what, the, what they're looking for. The Rangers, 
I'm sure they're looking at Justin Braun, and I do believe they'll make a Giroux offer too. And that may make some Flyers fans bristle, but they have a lot of assets they could offer. We've talked about it before. So I think that is their ultimate interest. I think Tampa, it's all Justin Braun because they have no cap space. So if you eat half of Braun's contract, which I think is seven fifty, they could do that. They can get him in there and mm-hmm. they may have to just move one player down to the minors. So for, for Tampa, that makes sense. And again, they have a deep system. They could offer some pretty good assets too. Edmonton, I think, would be looking at Braun, and <laughs> I hate to say it, but going back to that Martin Jones. Now, if that report was true where they offered Fletcher a second, and and that was a few weeks ago, and he didn't take it, he should have taken it. But I don't know if that report was true. I don't think they'll get a second now. Now I think you're talking about a third or a fourth. Does that change if Marc-Andre Fleury is definitely off the market? Like, does Jones move up in value? And It's not going to make him play make better, sense? though. No, I, I, I think he'll just be more sought after, but I don't think the value goes up because he still is what he is. So I, I think there's that. The Vegas Golden Knights, I could see um, going after Calvin DeHaan on, um, on the Blackhawks. Like, that's a guy who plays good, hard defense, but also is a really good puck mover. They need some help on defense, but they would have to – Definitely. They're in bad cap straights too, so they would have to get Chicago to eat something and they would have to move somebody or get a third team involved. Winnipeg, I think, would also be interested in a multitude of defensemen. Ristolainen, I think they'd be interested in Braun. I think they'd be interested in DeHaan. The Avs, we know it's Claude Giroux. Like that's, I think that's the most obvious. And the Dallas Stars, that's the wild card for me because I think they think they're still in it. They're close. And I could see like, a Travis Konechny trade going with them. And I've talked about a guy like Dennis Gorianoff and more. You you would get more with Konechny. You get a pick. You might get a different prospect instead of a pick. Uh, I could see something like that. I just could see them being interested in that. You put a Konechny with like a Pavelski, um, that could give you some more scoring that they desperately need. And then Florida, you know, Florida has always been sort of like rumored, but even people that I know that know have sources there have never really come out and named them, but now it's getting a little more obvious. So the only thing about Florida is, is that Bill Zito, their GM isn't willing to give up a lot on the regular roster based on how well they're doing the chemistry factor though, you know, just wants to have depth. So that's the team that if I were the flyers, that would be the, they would be the last on my list. Because they seem to be least willing to give up more of what the Flyers could use or what they need. Yeah, I think that's a a fair point. Um, I do want to circle back a little bit to your Owen Tippett versus Logan Hutsko uh, Mm -hmm. comparison. Um, Just interestingly, because the Phantoms played the Checkers over (laughs) this past weekend. And so we got to see both of those guys for two games. And... Yeah, I think your point is a fair one. Well, I think Owen Tippett, um, and I think I know he got on the scoreboard more than Husko did this past weekend um, against the Phantoms, but against the Phantoms. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. you know, you have to take it with a certain grain of salt there. But I think, you know... Utsko looked better in the first game and Tippett, I think, looked better for them in the second game overall. But 
I, I see what your point is in terms of Owen Tippett's weaknesses. And you're right, there's just been something going on there. So if a deal is to be made there, Husko is a good option. And especially if you can negotiate, you know, a higher pick in addition to it, yeah. if you're making a deal like that. Higher pick, another prospect mm-hmm. or player. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing about Huchko is, too, I've covered him in regional playoffs in the NCAA, and he's raised his game. I've yet to see really Tippett raise his game. And so Huchko's kind of like that guy that will go through a wall for you. He has He has that Scott Lawton mentality, actually, if you want to use like the mentality part of it. Yeah, it's always hard to compare or say, you know, what NHL player do you compare them to or model them after? Right, and that's why I'm just saying but, mentality because I don't like to give comps. Yeah. You know, I will say that, you know, obviously with recurring teams showing up to Flyers games, you have to think that these other teams are looking at the minutia of the Flyers players and mm-hmm. – Again, this is just because of the track record of what kinds of deals that Chuck Fletcher has made, where it feels like to some degree he's going to have to get fleeced in some ways just because the desperation of the Flyers is a known entity. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I would like to see Fletcher play hardball. But with the way that the Flyers are playing, there's reason for these teams who have been there in the press box to maybe, you know, lowball offer. Well, I'll tell you one who wouldn't give a lowball offer. Um, the Detroit Red Wings have been there too. And Detroit is known to be looking for like another veteran defenseman to kind of work with their young guys. Now, would Detroit be talking to Ristolainen's people? Would Ristolainen want to play there because they're a team on the rise? Maybe. Still doesn't mean he won't go to free agency. But maybe they would get a, a sneak peek at them because they do have a lot of assets and they do have a lot of picks. It's possible. Absolutely. All right. Well, you know, like I said, we have two more weeks of this. So <laughs> we're going to overanalyze a lot of it probably oh, yeah. because there's just so much time between now and then and so much can happen. But, uh, you know, it's Monday. So we're going to talk about our nemesis of the week coming up next. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. You know, it's March, and normally by this time of year, I would have given up on New Year's resolutions, but I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. And it almost feels like it's not really a resolution at all because I enjoy them so much. And have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. They're the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they are a treat. And they're a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. All Built Bars, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. 
If you go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart, you're going to be blown away. They're high protein, low calorie, high fiber, but also low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, but have 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, it's going to have about 240 calories, a ton of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. They have so many delicious flavors to choose from, like coconut, mint brownie. They've got white chocolate cookies and cream, but new flavors are coming out all the time. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Russ, you know what time it is. It's Monday. So we are going to name our nemesis of the week. And if you are newer to the program, each Monday, we look at who or what in hockey is our enemy for this upcoming week or our challenge for this upcoming week, if you want to put a more positive spin on it. Uh, Last week, we talked a lot about the nemesis being putting together a win streak. And it's just something the Flyers have not been able to do. Lo and behold, they did not do it. Um, After winning that one game, you know, they went on to lose a couple. They've done it again over the weekend. They've won a game. Can they put together a win streak? I don't know. But I think the nemesis for this upcoming week, and it ties directly into our conversation from the last segment about the trade deadline, is managing this run up to the trade deadline in the most optimal way. And by that, I mean, can they put lineups out there that are going to be successful enough to win some games and to have you know, a strong outing for this team and improving on the things that we've wanted them to improve on and allowing their prospects to take steps forward, but at the same time, showcasing those assets that you are looking to trade at the deadline in a way that plays to their strong suits. And all of those things don't necessarily work together in harmony to create a a fun, successful hockey team out there. They should, but sometimes they don't. And so I think that's really the challenge for the Flyers over the next couple weeks. All right. My nemesis is going to be Jack Eichel. And I'll tell you why. So, and it has nothing to do with like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? It's nothing that. It's just all of the other attention that comes with Jack Eichel. And and I remember it started, uh, I just double checked it. I covered a game like February in 2021, the end of the month, and Eichel was supposed to be with the team playing, and and they were like, ah, we don't know if he's going to play. He might play. He's supposed to play, and of course, last minute he didn't play. So he hasn't played here in a while, and and now he's going to come in with Vegas, and there's going to be all that extra attention. How does his neck look? How does this look? How does that look? And if you go on Twitter, like it'll be like half the tweets during that game will be all Jack Eichel, even for people who are covering the Flyers. So that's going to be my nemesis because it's just too much. And and I wish it were less. That is a good one, especially, you know, given that we're playing Vegas this week and yep. it could be the exact moment that Jack Eichel is like, oh, right, I'm playing hockey again and I go on a tear. <laughs> right. Just because that's the way I think when it comes to these things <laughs> in the Flyers. But... Um, yeah, that, that's a real good one. 
All right. Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. Wayne Simmons on Saturday, our old friend, played his 1,000th NHL game. And man, it was pretty emotional. I have to say, uh, you know, the posts from the Leafs were wonderful. The Flyers put out a video with former teammates giving best wishes. That was really great to see. You know, there were articles about it. Jake Voracek posted something on his Twitter, you know, and he's he's kind yeah. of a, a stealth tweeter, just comes out of nowhere sometimes. But, yeah. you know, this, you know, usually he's being sarcastic or biting or doing something fun. But this was just heartfelt, which was just so lovely. And I just appreciate all of the love around the NHL for Wayne Simmons. Oh, yeah, there's there's nothing but love. And like, I know somebody in the prospect world who used to coach coach Wayne Simmons. So like, once in a while, he'd say, hey, tell Wayne I said hello when we used to be able to get close to players, which, by the way, we did. I was, like, just, like, three feet from Matt Boldy a few games ago. So, like, things are starting to go back to normal, which was exciting. But anyhow, digressing, so happy for Wayne. A thousand games is a great mark, and I'm glad all his former teammates gave him the love besides the Leafs teammates because then they lost. So, you know. Yep. Oh, Wayne, we miss you. We love you. All right. That'll do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. We are going to talk about Jack Eichel and the Vegas Golden Knights. Adding to my nemesis. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And uh, it's also Phantoms Tuesday. So we'll talk more about those games against the uh, Charlotte Checkers and also sending our best wishes out to Jackson Cates. He had a, a tough run in to the boards uh, yeah. against Charlotte and had to be stretchered off the ice. Uh, apparently he's doing okay. They're just being precautionary at the moment, but again, um, nothing but the best to him. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.